Hi, I'm Dr. Ted Spear, pastor of the Fundamental Baptist Church International in Boshane, Kumasi. In today's sermon, we're going to explain a difficult passage in the book of Romans chapter 2. I think it'll be a blessing to you and a help to you. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. Today's message, I'm going to explain what is a difficult passage in the Bible and help you to understand something about how God judges us and about salvation. We're going to read uh, some, some verses from the book of Romans, chapter number 2. Before I read those verses, you need to understand that anytime you're reading the Bible, you have to understand that the Bible was not originally um, divided into chapters and verses. That, for example, we'll be reading today from the book of Romans. It was a letter written from Paul to the church in Rome. So it was written as one letter. It was not broken down according to chapters and verses. Some 1,000, hundreds of years later, organized the Bible into chapters and verses in order to make it easier for us to find things, to memorize, to know our place. So when you read in your Bible, be careful not to think that every verse and every chapter is its own thought. You have to read and understand what is being taught throughout the whole book. And so it's very important today that the verses that I'm going to show you, that you don't take them out and try to understand them without understanding what comes before them and what comes after them. I think it'll make sense to you as I get into it. But we're going to jump in chapter 2, starting in verse number 5. The Bible says this, But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. God is basically saying here, he's describing a very sinful people. And he's saying that in your sin, you're laying up for yourself wrath and judgment. In verse number six, <clears throat> who will render to every man according to his deeds? So he's talking about God and he's saying God will render or reward every man according to his deeds or according to his actions, according to his works. Now, is this talking of a future judgment or a present judgment? Well, it seems that the context of the, of the passage here, it's talking about a present judgment. God will judge us in this life according to our deeds, but it's also true that God will judge us in the future according to our deeds. Now, verse number 7. It's going to tell us about this judgment. It says, To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, comma, there's a word, there's a comma there, and it answers eternal life. In other words, he's saying this, For those who patiently continue in doing what is right, they will be judged to get eternal life. Then it says in verse 8, But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, then what they're going to get 
His indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. So God is saying in verses 7 and verse 8, very clearly, in verse 6 he says, I'm going to judge you according to your deeds. If you do well, eternal life is your result. If you do evil, then my wrath and my anger is your result. Now, um, in, in verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. So again, if you, work, if you do good, you get glory, honor, and peace. Now, you say, well, preacher, is this teaching that we have to do everything right to go to heaven? Or we have to, if we do wrong, we go to hell? Well, I'll explain to you what it's teaching by showing you what the passage says. But let me ask you this question first. Which of these two groups do you belong in? If you answered the question honestly, have you patiently continued in doing everything well and deserve eternal life? Or are you guilty of sin and deserve punishment and wrath? Which of those two groups would you put yourself in? The passage is going to answer that question for us. Now, we're not going to read the rest of chapter 2 because the, the rest of chapter 2 basically explains to us the difference between the Gentiles and the Jews. But we're going to get into chapter 3, and this whole passage ends in chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to pick up in verse number 9, and we're going to read down through verse number 20. And we're going to see what God has to say about us. We're going to see what group God says we belong to. Do we belong to those who have done well? Or do we belong in the group who have done evil? The Bible says in verse 9, What then? Ask a question. What then? Are we better than they? No. In no wise. That means in no way. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Well, Paul, Paul was a Jew, and he's basically saying to the Jews, he said, listen, are we better than the Gentiles? The Gentiles are non-Jewish people. I'm a non-Jewish person. Most of you are a non-Jewish person. And Paul was saying, are we better than them? He said, no, because all of us have sinned. Verse number 10, as it is written, now, when you see in the Bible that says, as it is written, talking about the Old Testament, and he's saying, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not one. That includes you. That's right. God said, you're not righteous. I'm not righteous. We have sinned. Verse 11. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That includes you. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. You ever told a lie? Yeah, that's what God's talking about here. 
With our throat, that's where our voice box is. And with our lips and our tongues, we speak and we tell lies and we deceive. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, complaining. Verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know. Now let me stop right there. See, God, you say, preacher, who's it talking about? You say, preacher, okay, I admit I have lied. I'm guilty of that. And I might be guilty of complaining. and Maybe I'm guilty of some bitterness. But I haven't shed anyone's blood. God is describing humanity. He's describing all men. And he's trying to get all of us to understand. If you offend the law in one point, you are guilty of all. That's what the Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 10. For whosoever keepeth the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. You don't have to break every commandment to be guilty of breaking the commandments. You don't have to commit every sin to be guilty in the sight of God. And God is explaining the guilt and the sin of all of mankind. And we'll prove it in verse 19. Look what it says. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. God gave us the law. So that every mouth would be stopped. And every person would become guilty in the sight of God. Verse 20. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. It is by God's rules and His laws that we know we are sinners. Because when we look at God's law and then we compare God's law to our living, and if we're honest, we have to come to the conclusion that we're guilty. Oh, many people like to talk about their righteousness. They like to talk of their good works. But God said, I am writing this to you that all the world would stop their mouth. Stop your boasting. Stop your bragging. Stop talking about how good you are. Stop talking about what you've done for God and realize that in the sight of God, you are guilty before God. You have broken His law and you're guilty. That's what all of this passage is teaching us. You see, what Paul was trying to do in Romans chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, when he said to us that every man will be judged according to his deeds, and if you do well, you get eternal life, and if you do evil, the wrath of God. What Paul is doing is he's trying to get us to understand that we are sinful. He says to us, hey, you continue in well-doing, you get eternal life. And that's true. If you 
had never broken God's law, you would receive eternal life. And if you've broken God's law, then you are guilty and you deserve His wrath. That is absolutely true. But here's the problem. The problem is any of you actually thinking that you have not broken God's law. And what he demonstrates to everyone in the rest of the passage. That's why I told you, don't ever just read a portion of the Bible without reading what's before it and what's after it. Because after it, he tells us there is none righteous. There's none that doeth good. All are guilty. No one has patiently continued in well-doing. We have all gone out of the way. We have all become guilty before God because of our sin. That's the message here. Jesus used this same tactic. He used this same strategy in his ministry. In the book of Luke, chapter number 10, there was a certain lawyer. The Bible says in verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. Notice that they tempted him. He wanted to test Christ. Saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is the answer Jesus gave him. He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said, That's what the law teaches. And this is what Jesus said unto him, verse 28. Thou hast answered right. This do, and you shall live. So the man said, what do I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, tell me what's in the law. He told him what's in the law. And Jesus said, do that and you will live. Folks, that's true. If you do what is in the law, you will have eternal life. But here's another truth for you. No one has done it. We're all guilty. So we got a problem. See, Jesus was trying to get this man to see himself as a sinner. But this man didn't want to see himself as a sinner. He wanted to tempt Christ. He wanted to catch Jesus in his words. He wanted to boast of his righteousness. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, the next verse says this. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, then who is my neighbor? You see, the man just didn't get it. He didn't understand himself. He wanted to justify himself. Oh, well, surely I'm justified. Surely I've kept the law. Who is my neighbor? Tell me who my neighbor is. This man went away unjustified. Why? Because he could not come to the knowledge of the truth that yes, yes, the Bible teaches that if you obey all the law, you will have eternal life. But the Bible also teaches something else. No man has obeyed all the law except one, and that's Jesus Christ. So, folks, you can read Romans 2, 6 through 10, 
and you can say, oh, look, look, the Bible says if you obey the law, you go to heaven, and if you don't, you go to hell. See, there it is, there it is. Well, read the rest of the passage. And when you read the rest of the passage, the Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. That every mouth should be stopped, and all the world should become guilty before God. And it is only when you come to that place where you're no longer trying to justify yourself, when you're no longer trying to make the argument that you have continued in well-doing, when you're no longer trying to make the argument that you're righteous and you deserve heaven, when you've come to the place where you've acknowledged, oh, it's true, I am in the second group. I am in those who have done evil and deserve wrath. It is only at that point that you can understand what the rest of Romans chapter 3 teaches. And what the rest of Romans chapter 3 teaches is that God, through Jesus Christ, has manifested His love to us. In that Jesus died for our sin. And that we, through him, can be made righteous in the sight of God. Do you believe Jesus died? Well, he died for sinners. He didn't die for righteous people. If you see yourself as righteous and deserving eternal life, then please explain to me why Jesus died for you. Was he just some fool who didn't know anything and thought you were a sinner? Or was he God and he truly died for your sin? You decide. I don't think Jesus was a fool. And I don't think Jesus died in vain. And I don't think Jesus died for no reason. I think Jesus died for my sin. And a long time ago, I stopped my mouth. And I became guilty before God. And I saw Jesus Christ as the Savior. And I put my faith in Him. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says in Romans 3, verse 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. The Bible said in verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. But in verse 28 it said that we're justified by faith without the deeds of the law. What are you going to choose to believe? Are you going to continue to believe that somehow you're righteous in your deeds and actions and you deserve eternal life? Well, good luck. Because one day you're going to stand before God who knows everything and He will remind you of every sin you've ever committed and then He will cast you into outer darkness, into hell, and you will be there forever. Or... Are you going to admit that you've sinned? Are you going to admit that you've broken the law and become guilty before God? And then take joy in the fact that Emmanuel, God with us, died for our sins, shed his blood, rose from the dead, that we might be saved. And right now, you can put your faith in Jesus Christ and receive 
justification, righteousness, innocence in the sight of God. All those words mean the same thing. Justification, innocence, righteousness. All mean the same thing. You can be that in God's sight by faith alone without the deeds of the law. How about it? Has there been a time in your life where you understood you're a sinner? That you stopped your boasting of your righteousness and you became guilty before God and you placed your faith in Jesus Christ? If you've never done that, I pray today would be the day. And if you thought your righteousness would save you before this message, then you've never done that. You're not saved because you go to a church. You're not saved because you have a Bible. You're not saved because you've been watching this program. You're only saved for one reason, because you stopped your boasting. You became guilty before God. You saw Christ as the Savior, and you placed your faith in Him without works. That's it. It's simple, folks. It's easy. God made it that way. Will you take Jesus as your Savior? If you can admit right now that you've been boasting in your own works, that you've been thinking that you would earn your way to heaven, if that's been what you've believed, and you now understand that you're wrong, that salvation is only in Jesus Christ, and right now I would ask you with your own mouth to tell God right now that you're no longer putting your faith in your own good works, and that starting right now, your faith is in Jesus Christ to save you. Confess that to God with your mouth. Tell God that's what's in your heart. God says He'll give you eternal life. And you shall never perish. Amen. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. If we can help you, if you have any questions, please contact us. God bless.